AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to Bar Talk. And a fire, we could lie. Flames are burning, never die And I know mountains, we could climb But only if you wanna try And I know that you don't know how to speak up You think that I don't know how to give up I know that you think we're falling apart Ashes to ashes, don't need to be dust Cause we can
Hi, this is Shakira, and you're listening to AMR. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come inside. Pass under the arch of awesomeness into the theatre of my voice as you experience a brand new episode 65 of Bar Talk here on AMR or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome, everyone. It's good to be back. It's me, your host, the one, the only, Big D, Daniel M. Pern, the Dippers. Perny, whatever you want to call me. I go by many names, but that's okay. It just makes it all the more fun because you don't know if they're talking about me or just bullshitting. Half the time, it's probably just bullshitting, but that's okay because I like a little bit of bullshit. just spices up your life. But I tell you what isn't bullshit, the fact that we've got some fantastic fucking songs to play this week. And what a fantastic episode we have. Yes, Bartok, you just heard, you just heard Brayden Sebold with Fading and before that, Sparrows with I Know Fire. Oh, I, it's, yeah, no, this episode is not bullshit, guys. You know why? Um, we've got a great interview coming up. We've got eight awesome tracks from uh, actually all Australian artists this week. No, no Kiwi artists, apart from the interviewee, which is really bizarre. Normally we have one or two, but I digress. Doesn't matter. When the songs are this good, doesn't matter where they're from. Well, actually, yes. I guess I was I was going to say that that that's a bit of an oxymoron. I kind of white lied there. Uh, within reason, it doesn't matter where they come from because I wonder those of you who haven't tuned in before are probably wondering what the fuck is Bar Talk? What the hell is this? And who the what the shit is this guy blabbering on about? Well, let me tell you, what are we? Bar Talk is a podcast that well, we try to come out weekly, where every week. Or every episode, to be more precise, we interview uh, a artist from either Australia or New Zealand, and occasionally the Pacific Islands. Um, they usually come out with a with a new um, EP or album, and we we have a little bit of a chat to them. But not only that, we play some of the best new independent music coming from those same areas as well. And I hope those two tracks were a great taster for what's to come, or what you can expect from this from this. From this show, my baby, my child, my toddler. Yes. Um, as I said, it came off a couple of awesome tracks, awesome pop tracks, with uh, Sparrows first up with her single, I Know Fire. Now, Sparrows, I, I don't know where Sparrows is from. They didn't, <laughs> the press release didn't tell me, and I couldn't be bothered looking up the socials at this point in time. But I guess it doesn't matter where she's from because, uh, you know what, when the- the themes in this one are very universal. Um, apparently, it's about not letting not letting that spark be be extinguished that's inside you. But yeah, Sparrows is the um, I guess the project of uh, producer and multi instrumentalist Jessica Nitties, and she has had some very successful recent singles. And hopefully, this one will be just as successful. Um, been qu- doing quite well on various. I guess, media and streaming outlets so far, which is great to hear because the track is bloody good. Uh, I'll tell you why it's bloody good, because I, I do like, in particular, how this uh, song is anchored really nicely around the piano line, which I'm sure you heard. It sort of, um, sort of helps anchor, especially that vocal rhythm that's going on. Apart from that, though, it's actually speaking of the vocals, um, the breathiness in them just suits the more spacious production that we're hearing on this track. But then when you get to the chorus... Whoa, how does it? How good does it transition into that chorus, though? Especially when the like the percussion picks up. Loved it, loved it. Great because you think it's going to be like a slow ballady song, but then no, bang! She's out with the electronic chorus, and it's it's cool. Nice little switch up and a great track, I think, to start to start with. I hope that sort of uh, sort of a great song because uh, I think very appropriate at this time because here in Melbourne, as a as of recording, we're coming out of lockdown. And I feel like it's uh, one of those songs that can that can really capture the moment of you know, that that energy, that fire that's that that's inside people at the moment, ready to just burst out and 
have a bit of fun in the world. And yeah, I certainly hope that's the case. After that, though, as I said before, Braden Sabald with fading. Now, Braden has has been played on this show before, uh, way back in episode ten. So it's been a little while since we've heard from Braden. Um, when he yeah, we played his song "Thin Air," which I was incredibly impressed about at the time, especially with the production and the, the atmosphere of that song, which actually managed to make the uh, top fifty for the 2020 AMR New Year's Eve countdown, which was awesome. And and he certainly didn't forget because he ended up sending his latest single in himself, which is a great reminder because if you are an independent artist from Australia, New Zealand, or the Pacific Islands, and you're putting out independent music, your own songs, let us know. Send us an email. Chuck us, you know, chuck us the old old email, amrairplanemail.com because, you know what, if we fucking like it, we fucking play it. But yeah, uh, Braden Sebald, uh, he's just released his new single, which is called Fading, which you just heard. Now, uh, Braden is uh, a singer-songwriter and producer from Dunsborough in southwest Western Australia, far across the corner of that country. Um, I know Dunsborough has a, a very impressive cliff face that you can jump off because I, I know I know a couple of people that from Dunsborough and- uh, yeah, they always, every time they go back, they always post post videos of them jumping off this big fuck-off cliff. It looks pretty awesome, actually. I'd be keen to try it if I ever get around there. But um, as for Brayden himself, you know, uh, not the cliff. I, I know I know, I know, he might be competing for, like, who's the bigger icon of Dunsborough, the cliff or Brayden Sebald. I hope as, as Brayden continues his continues in, in his career, uh, he outpaces the cliff. <laughs> But no, it's it's a great it's a great electronic track. This one um, again, it's no stranger to that atmosphere that's that's sort of produced with the sonic palette on this one. Uh, you know, he's always mastered that art, and I really appreciate it. But um, you'll hear I, you would have heard this sort of low end synth throughout. It was it's incredibly satisfying. Just feels that nice low end so well. Uh, apart from that, though, I mean. It's just that the, the, there's this sort of, oh, yeah, the final chorus, the vocal dubs in that going, the backing vocals just added this awesome, this awesome oomph to the end that just really packaged that final chorus nicely. But but I do really appreciate the fact that even though there is actually quite a bit going on production-wise, nothing is fighting for space. Everything fits in nicely. It doesn't seem bloated. And apparently, they, the song was supposed to be even more bombastic, but they ended up cutting it down. Uh, so, I can't imagine what that version would be like. But I'm happy they did because it's such a phenomenally produced track and such a- uh, you know, It just proves that Braden's such a high-caliber producer. But yeah, good, good stuff, Brayden, and thanks for sending it in. Um, he's had a great 2021. He supported Birds of Tokyo at their Fremantle shows. So, uh, how about that? Uh, Gareth would have been very impressed if he hasn't already read it. I know um, I know they included Brayden Sebald's latest song on the latest episode of AMR Quiz Fizz, episode four, actually. So, what are you wondering what the hell AMR Quiz Fizz is? Well- for those of you who haven't listened to this show before, you'll be surprised to know that we are not the only podcast being put out 
through AMR. We have a bunch of others, including this relatively new uh, podcast called Quiz Fizz, the little brainchild of Gareth, our station manager. He wanted to, he's been wanting to get a quiz show for, for months, for months, all through lockdown, and he's finally getting the chance to do so. Um, this this week, episode four, they play they played a Braden Sebald song, uh, as I said before, but uh, they had as a guest Paul Wasin from the Screaming Jets. Now, what actually happens on Quiz Fizz? Well, as per the name, they get a bunch of guests in, and it's a music quiz show. Uh, they ask questions about Aussie music, and they also play some. Some, music, some songs that we've had sent in, and then they ask questions about those songs. It's a pretty cool format, and it's a lot of fun. Go and listen to it if you haven't had a chance yet. Go to australianmusiciansradio.com, which is where you find everything for AMR-related, and uh, you'll, see the, you'll see the episodes there for Quiz Fizz. Same with Bar Talk. You'll find everything Bar Talk-related and all the links via the website, too. It's a great place to, to start your AMR journey, as I always say. But yes, uh, go and check out the episode Quiz Fizz. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll be there on. Hopefully, I'll be on there in the coming weeks once I've double je- double vaxxed. And you get vaxxed if you haven't already, folks. It's very close and very keen to get out in the world once I'm fully fully vaccinated. Uh, oh, what do we got up next? Well, we've got one song by another awesome artist. But I'm going to talk about our interview. Uh, I was so excited, and I'm. Yeah, absolutely thrilled this week that our guest is Reb Fountain, uh, the phenomenal talent from New Zealand, uh, great, awesome folk, alt, indie, pop act. She's just a blend of styles, and it's so it's just a beautiful artist. We had a really good in-depth chat the other day about sort of a lot of the messages and the themes and that behind the album, as well as having a bit of, you know, having a little bit of banter fun, as I normally do. But Reb was such a pleasure to chat to. And it was good to go into depth about an artist like that really, really knows them, knows how to craft, I guess, a theme and a metaphor into a into a whole thing, things as ambitious as an album, uh, which is the one she just released. So her sophomore album, Iris. And we're going to play the title track off there, uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful single she released. She released a video for it. Gareth shared the video. I might even share it again on the Bar Talk page this week because, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful piece of um, cinematography and a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of piece of art. Um, great string string arrangements throughout, which you'll hear. They actually featured it on the previous episode of Quiz Fizz, would you believe? So, go and check out Quiz Fizz. Again, guys, what are you doing with your life? Probably fucking nothing. But um, what uh, Reb Fountain certainly has not been doing nothing. He's a very busy and committed artist. And, yeah, great chat about it. So, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to playing Iris for you. But before that, another great pop artist we're going to play, uh, and one that's only just started. She's from Sydney, and her name's Zuli. And her title, and her title track. She hasn't got a title track. It's her only track she's put out. <laughs> her debut track is called IKEA. Now, um, I haven't been to IKEA in a long, long time, and that's not just because of uh, because of because of COVID. I've uh, always had this. I've never really had the need to go to IKEA. I've I've been there like I think I've I've only bought thing. I've only bought something from there once, and that was right when I really needed. A, uh, a chest of drawers the day that I bought it, which is funny um, because I've always had to. I've, I swear, heart of my house is full of either furniture we've either made up or bought secondhand or somebody's given to me. Um, but I guess Zuli's been to IKEA a few more times than myself. Uh, in but this, yeah, IKEA, great debut track. She's from Sydney. Um, 
the song is apparently about. I'm going to read the quote here. This is great. Uh, the, she she says the co- the concept for IKEA came from my friend who had an experience with a guy that didn't want to go down on her because I just don't do that. <laughs> and now I don't know what people are doing in IKEA, but I didn't realise it was a bit of oral. <laughs> What I what I was gonna say, what I was well, actually, I'll, I'll mention this. Okay, that that's funny. That's not the whole quote, but I I love I love I love the opener to that. It gets it right in your face. But so I I um, personally thought though the song was bouncy. It's very bouncy, which you know kind of you know makes me think of another activity that I think more people have done in IKEA, which bit which is bouncing on the display beds. I know in some places they've had to ban people sleeping in in IKEA because they get lost and the, uh, they've shut it down, and they're like, "Oh God, well, I need to find somewhere to rest." Well, this conveniently placed bed, but no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great bouncy track. I I like how it's just a relatively simple trap beat going on, but. Because there's no slackness in the production because it's so tight. It's bouncy and tight. That's what the song is. But yeah, because it's so tight, it just works. And then you get to the bridge and it just changes it up again. There's like this really subtle guitar line, which just, I think suits perfectly, which doesn't, I don't, doesn't happen anywhere else in the song. And that just provides a nice point of difference. And then coming out of that bridge, it just fucking makes that final chorus so much stronger. Even though, again, it's not, it's not the most complex of- you know, final choruses. There are a few great final choruses this week, and this is certainly one of them, but it's it's more on the less bombastic side of it, but it works. Still works. It's a very strong finishing. Sorry, it's a very strong finish to the song. So, great stuff, Zuli. I'm keen to hear more. Uh, this one's courtesy of Good Intent. Great PR. Great guys. Um, keep an eye out for Zuli. I'm sure she'll be putting out more singles soon. Let's play the body songs, guys. I'm really keen to get on get on Reb's interview, which you're going to hear really soon. But before that, you're going to hear her title track from her new record, which is called Iris. And right now, well, let's uh, furnish away to IKEA by Zuli. We'll be back soon on Bar Talk, guys. Don't you go anywhere. Wasting all my minutes on your feelings. Hitting up my DMs, I don't read it. Long haul flights, I got business. Send me shit, but I already seen it. Yeah, I could buy it, but I don't need ya I'm red, like Mona Lisa 
Fountain here, looking forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to AMR.
Well, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to Bar Talk. I hope that took you away to another land, another world, a fantasy of epic proportions. Um, it was a beautiful song, don't you reckon, guys? That was Iris, the title track of the phenomenal new Red Fountain record of the same name, the sophomore record, in fact. Uh, I'm so happy because we have got Reb. With us right now, all the way from New Zealand, ready to talk a little bit about, I guess, whatever we want to talk about. So, guys, please give us your biggest bar talk audience. <laughs> they can't hear you. Welcome to Reb. Reb, how hey. are you going? Hey, thank you so much. Kilda. I'm doing good. <laughs> Firstly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. All the way across in Australia. I can't actually go anywhere outside of my house, but I can come to you on the airwaves. I feel like we're, yeah, we're pretty much, we're lockdown buddying at the moment. We're all- That's right. Tag team. Yeah. <laughs> the relay. WWF of lockdown. That's right. It's a virtual relay. So, you know, we'll, we'll time it. <laughs> so, we go to the shops at the same time and buy some, I don't know, <laughs> feel like ice cream. I don't know. We'll go to the shops and buy an ice cream. So, you, you finish your ice cream and then once you've done, you go tag team, I'll start- eating my ice cream as you finish eating Excellent. yours. And then sure, I'll, I'll tag sure someone else that's in lockdown in Sydney. And then- Oh, no. They're just about to come out of lockdown, right? I don't want to get them back in. Cheapers. <laughs> don't jinx them, Reb. No. <laughs> I mean, speaking of, speaking of jinxing, you must have said to yourself before your brand new record, Iris, has just come out going, this is going to be a success. It's going to be number one on the New, new Zealand- um, albums chart as of now, and look, you've made that dream come true. Um, you're currently <laughs> sitting at the top of the. Uh, I just saw the top of the NZ albums chart and the overall chart in New Zealand as well. You're at number three, so I just want to say congratulations. First of all, uh, you must be bloody stoked about the thing. It's it's great. I mean, it's it's 
people are listening even though we're at home and that's a that's a beautiful thing i feel very grateful it's um it's kind of funny where i'm behind doja cat and drake and um i got a lot of laughs <laughs> out of that um i did but see yeah just, that. just grateful i did see that so I, I don't know what that sort of um sort of it gives away in terms of the musical tastes of the uh aotaro owen Aotearoa community. Look, it's diverse. Let's just say, <laughs> very clearly, it's a good, it's a good yeah. thing. Good thing. <laughs> no, it isn't a bad thing. And I, I guess it's um, you know, the when you're up there with you know competing with these internationally renowned artists that may have a couple more followers uh, than than old just Red a Fountain. Few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you're. I'm I mean, sure you're definitely catching up. The good thing is, is I don't really think about it like a competition. I think if I did, then I'd feel really elated or really disappointed a lot of the time. So for me, it's just, it's a bonus that people are listening and I feel grateful for that. And it's cool to get excited, but it also doesn't mean anything either, you know? So, um, just best not to get caught up in the, in the crowd. Whoa, Reb. Calm down. I only appreciate nihilistic comments in the last third of my interview. <laughs> just to, dis- oh, just depresses everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I get what you mean. It's um yeah, it's, it's a case of not not trying to focus too much on the the materialistic side of it, and more about what I guess people really enjoy about the record. To a yeah, certain it's extent. really easy to get get lost in a rock and roll dream, and then you just can feel pretty disappointed and. And think that maybe you're a failure, but you know, um, the best thing that you can do is just do your work and do it with love and, and hope that other people will enjoy it. You know, if you, if they do, that's just a beautiful bonus. What's, um, what's been the most interesting comments or maybe the, the most unexpected comments you've heard about the record thus far in the week as of recording since it's been released? Um, well, you know, there's sort of people making sense of it, comparing it to the last record. So last year I released self-titled album called Reb Fountain and, um, and Two so there's been some, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some, um, some comparisons with that and they've, they've talked about the confidence, I guess, on mm. this record. Mm. Um, so not hu- hugely different or well, they don't feel that it's hugely different. They feel like there's just more of a confidence. It's more of an extension and, um, yeah, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's true. It's always interesting what other people say. I, you know, it's, it's somebody's truth. Um, there's been some cool people trying to work out what the lyrics are. Um, mm. what was one, um, you know, questions like, is that gay? Um, you know, just trying to make sense in their own minds. So yeah, I mean, I like, I like how people will try and make sense of things and, and create meaning out of your work and, and hopefully it resonates with them. And for some people it won't, you know, that's cool too. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting that you're saying people are sort of trying to interpret the lyrics. Are you, is it interesting to see maybe your audience perhaps thinking about things, uh, maybe even more than you thought about them consciously? Because you talk about people saying that you're more confident in this record than you were with your self-titled debut. So, has that something that's been thought of consciously in your own mind that you feel more at home or is it really – do you think it's maybe subconscious or do you think pe- people may be thinking things that you weren't? Oh, no, I, I definitely think that too. I mean, hopefully as, as an artist, you're always kind of growing and developing. And last year for me, Reb Fountain was really this line in the sand moment where mm. – 
Um, I felt like I could commit to myself and my music in this new way. But at the same time, we were kind of going in and making it up as we went along. And, and it was Dave's first time producing mm. with, um, Simon Gooding and, um, and so we were still exploring and creating a sound. But since then, you know, we played a lot, um, together as a band and Red Fountain didn't have that sort of band structure in the same mm, way. Mm. So when I wrote Iris last year at the same time that we were releasing Red Fountain, mm. you know, I kind of knew all those songs um, and I was creating all these new ones. We went and recorded it in September of last year. And then we went bang into playing Red Fountain tour, album release tour. And mm. we toured over summer and Crowded House and, and we kind of – we're focusing on that. So it's really only been in the last couple of months in lockdown where I've been able to make sense of these songs that I wrote last year. And like, you know, people asking me what they're about. And I'm like, I, well, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm still <laughs> working it out at, you know, and I think in a lot of ways you always are kind of uncovering new meaning, um, in the things that you've written or that you've kind of been open to share creating and, mm. um, but definitely this, this album has felt like it's got a strong rhythmic backbone. We've got a band now, you know, and, and that, that really comes through the connection that we have, the fact that it was created during this time of, um, mm. tension between isolation and connection. And, and we went away into the sort of middle of nowhere and, and recorded the record, mm. um, tucked away. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's made a that's made a definite imprint on the shape of the record, and and yeah, I guess you could call that confidence. <laughs> In a roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess as you say, you grow, you feel like you're going as an artist, which I think is an excellent an excellent accomplishment to have. I feel to continue that growth. But I want to touch on something you mentioned there, which sort of follows on from what we've been saying about these sort of you've you've sort of been able to gauge meaning from your songs quite a while after writing them. Um, are there any examples on the record or maybe even on your previous record where that's been the case, where you've got something's clicked suddenly and gone, oh, so this is, I, I finally get it. This is what I was writing about. Can you, can you think of any examples? Well, I guess with this record, it was more about the overall theme and it mm. wasn't necessarily an in instant click, but just the sense of um, – coming to terms with what I was trying to create, you know. Mm. And for me, that was this kind of archetypal hero's journey, the story that felt kind of mythological but also is very yeah. current and present day and that somehow that universality could resonate with folks um, and everywhere, you know, that I, w that I wanted that. You know, that's – it's um, – I, you can only ever share from your perspective of, of mm. what the world looks like and what you're seeing and, and, um, but it's good work to try not to be too essentialist and, and open up to, um, to others' perspectives and, and other narratives, um, if you can. So I guess becoming aware of the story that I was trying to tell mm. took me a little time, um, because we had all this other work to be doing. And uh, in a way, I feel like I'm just exploring them. But you kind of do that every night you perform. You're embodying this song in a different mm. way. And it can the meaning can change and evolve over time. And, I, you know, I love that about live live performance. Actually, let's speak about live performing because um, I was going to think about bringing that up. I see in the last year or so you've been very lucky, as you said before, to tour with Crowded House as well as uh, Nick Cave I saw as well. What? No, what? we didn't tour with Nick Cave. We did. Oh. We did a, a Nick Cave 
like a you like honored. a tribute show sort of i miss um, red but guys yeah but i mean that would be cool <laughs> if nick's listening i thought when did um, they let him out of his cave in wherever he is at the moment <laughs> to come down come down to the other side of the world but um <laughs> that would be that would be a good a good thing i heard he heard about the show and he was really stoked he liked that we opened the show with rings of satin okay um but um but yeah that's as close as i've got to nick Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, the degrees of separation are narrowing. That's Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's something we can tick that off the bucket list. But <laughs> what have – also, I was going to say, in the last year or so since you have put out that, that first record, um, what have you been trying to aim with your band now that you've got them together with the live shows? What experience are you trying to create for your audience? Well, for me, it's really important to be present and, mm. and that through – Staying present in myself, I can connect more fully with the audience. And then in that moment, we can experience something that's really magical and transformative. Mm. And in order to do that, it takes quite a lot of work and energy and effort to hold a space, you know, to hold a space so strongly that you're bringing all of these people with you and um, you've got to commit to yourself. And I like the idea that perhaps I can – reflect something for people that perhaps they could find that experience in themselves too because it's pretty powerful to um and challenging to step into your own light and say i'm gonna Mm. you know have my own back enough that i'm gonna do this work or i'm gonna create this thing or i'm gonna believe in myself and i feel like in that moment that's what we're we are doing and in the present and that that resonates for people when they're watching you know and um so obviously there's playing music and enjoying it and listening to it live but you know when we go out there as a band um we're together and we trust Mm. one another and we're here i'm gonna fucking kill it you know (laughs) and um (laughs) and put that on put that on an inspirational quote poster (laughs) yeah so much about connecting with the audience it really is um but Mm. it you know, every audience is different, every audience member and, and um, yeah, finding a way to feel like we're all on the same journey is, is you know, when you're winning. Mm. Mm. How much do you think that comes down to, as you say, as I was saying before, experience with your own personal, you know, practice doing gigs over the years and how much do you think maybe is contributed by the fact that you now have, by the sounds of it, a very committed band or maybe is there something else that's largely a factor there? What what do you usually put that down to as far as improving that connection with the audience? There's never one thing, one singular thing, right? It's always a combination. Mm. Um, and I know that my personal journey has meant that I'm in a place where I can commit to this work, you know, which means mm. that I can hold the band together in a different way than I might have been able to do 10 years ago or um, that I'm prepared to do a certain level of work to achieve a certain level of performance, you know. Yeah. Or um, it's like any art. um, And I don't do that alone at all, um, but I have to be strong in myself so that when I'm in that team, we're all contributing to the greater goal. Uh, So, yeah, it's 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 complex, but you know that being human is <laughs> is complex too, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not you're not you're not <laughs> you're not really wrong there. It's a very complex world right now, Rab. <laughs> things are things feel like a bit up topsy turvy, as I'm sure a lot of people appreciate. 
but I guess it's all part of the the shared experience. Perhaps like, um, for me, you know, last year felt like we were going through this incredibly transformative collective experience in, in the world where we are pushing through some really serious shit and mm. awakening to some um, inequities and injustices um, and facing ourselves in a new way. And that's kind of where Iris was was born from, that, that sense of, mm. of transformation. In the same way, we've got this resistance now to that change too, and there's mm. this real push-pull mm. going on. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, that's a classic <laughs> human uh, experience really um yeah that that push and pull un- between these what feels like i guess you could say un you know unquantifiable forces between whatever's going on at the time well you can see it right now there's this real polarization of I- ideologies and mm. and um this sense you know when i think about where i was born north america um you know this that's my country of birth the usa there's this real split um, right down the middle, and it's heartbreaking to have that. It feels like I'm being pulled apart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's quite it's quite fracturing and, and painful. Um, and I guess what I am interested in is finding ways of creating wholeness and bringing people together, mm. um, maybe in un- an unexpected way. I was going to say this is this brings up an interesting topic that a lot of people have had to face in the last year because of how how much everything's changed. But how do you deal personally with when things get as overwhelming as they are? You know, you're mentioning there about yeah, you're sort of almost taking on the struggles of what other people are feeling. You know, for what's happening in America or whatever else might be going on. Um, what do you find is some good, you know, maybe either methods or good tips you use for yourself for just self-care when you need to just look after yourself rather than worrying about what everything else, what what every, you know, everything else that's happening in the world. Like, how do you usually manage that? I've been practicing the art of self-parenting for a long, long time. I guess that idea that you, you try to stop the negative talk and mm. being – abusive to ourselves which we are right we just say the most horrible shit to ourselves and and we treat ourselves in a way that we often would never treat anyone else and yeah and it makes you sick and it makes you sad and it's not good and i guess um i from a relatively young age i realized that i wasn't feeling okay and and um that that i needed to do something to to sort of be free of what felt like the shackles of of mm. of suffering you know we can get really lost in the story of trauma and it's very difficult to get out but i guess i wanted i found this way of like picking myself up you know and practicing that every day um now that's not to say like i think about it like a it's not a religion it's mm. it's um you know it's not even a a story it's more just that idea of being a little bit more self-loving than you might otherwise and and learning how to do that. It's almost like the hardest thing to do is to <laughs> to love oneself. You know, yeah. what does that even fucking mean, you know? So um, for me, um, it's a balance between sort of um, that self-care and, um, and action um, mm. and just ne- 
negotiating riding that wave <laughs> every day um and some days you're you feel like you're slipping under and, and others you're on the crest of it so but you just keep going you know like i had a friend mm. who i played music with um for about 10 years and he mm. suicided um a few years ago and um i we a bunch of us got a tattoo um of a feather and, and my kids have both got this tattoo and it's sort of this reminder that will stay, you know, yeah. a reminder mm-hmm. that will, will, will stick around and be here, even though it gets hard because it's hard for everyone. You know, we all face it, but in our culture, we don't really talk about it very much. We don't know how to reach out and connect with people. So yeah, that's what I practice is trying to be kind. <laughs> and, you know, music's a way of, mm. A way of um, one of the main ways in which I make sense of the world. I was going to say myself. it's it's not too often you hear women talk about saying it's hard to open up. Like it usually the focus is, and quite understandably, on guys, on blokes, on men, because that's always been more of the stigma. But it's it's probably the same for women as well. So it's 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 a case of it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are, your sex, gender, you know, your background, who you, you know, where you've come from. It's always important to to share your feelings where it's healthy and make sure you're, as you say, balancing that self-care, making sure you're not getting too overwhelmed, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's overwhelming. Like all of us right now, we're in lockdown and it just some days you mm. feel like you're just sitting, staring at the wall or, you know, you, you're beating yourself up for not doing enough and you're you're um, feeling unproductive or you're pushing yourself to the limit because you feel like you should be doing something and you get exhausted and, you know, just kind of these natural tendencies and spirals that we get into. But, um, you know, over time I feel like the more you can practice being self-loving or caring mm. um, and taking responsibility for yourself and your actions – and learn how to do that, then the easier it gets. You tend to go deeper into the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can't do it alone. Like, I don't know, therapy or books or friends or, you know, you need a, a village or an assortment of tools hmm. to help you learn in life. Um, but, um, and, and music is one of the ways that we can do that, right? It's, it's, for me, it's always been a form of expression that's been a safe one as opposed to all the other things that you can do, right? That, um, that are more detrimental or self-deprecating kind of behaviors. And so this was, this was the one, <laughs> the one positive one <laughs> that, um, that took me a while to really, uh, focus on. Yeah. I had to get, I had to stop all the other ones first. No, that's that's fair, yeah. And I'm more on that topic too. Uh, Lifeline, give them a call if you just need someone to chat to. 13, 11, 14 if you're in Australia. And I always I always laugh because the New Zealand number's a lot lot longer. Lifeline Aotoa Roa is 0800 They could make it six numbers as well, could they? <laughs> I always find it funny. You know what I find funny? The fact that New Zealand numbers appear to be longer than Australian numbers, even though you've got a quarter of our population, like a fifth of our population. What has everybody got? Fifteen phone numbers over there. We've got a we've got a lot of brain capacity. We just feel like we can add a few more numbers. You know. Here, here we go, folks. Here it starts. <laughs> couldn't couldn't keep the rival. Couldn't Roll, keep the cross and you're up your sleeves, Daniel. Out of it. <laughs> uh, look, I don't have that. <laughs> Luckily, for the purposes you know, of what, when you're a, 
When you're a migrant, you just always feel like you're out of place everywhere, even if you're home. I was going to say, for the perp- for the legal purposes of keeping all my Australian fans on board, there is no rivalry. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah, is no animosity right. here. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, I get I get what you mean. Yeah, you've, you know, you, you were born in America. You've come across to to New Zealand. Yeah, so it's I guess it means you're more of a global. A global force, so to speak, Reb. Ah, oh, it's that sense of othering that we do all the time, right? We're right, you're wrong. Fuck that, you know? <laughs> like, we're all in this together. We really are, you know? What's going on in uh, Afghanistan is, is you know, it's really our back door. So, mm. yeah, we've got to care care about one another, Yeah, you know? And saying that, um, and, and saying that New Zealand is a pretty amazing place to be. <laughs> um. I wanted to talk a bit about, because you've been sort of mentioning it here and there about more like the theme of what you were trying to do with the record, because it sounds like the, almost the concept behind it. And whilst I didn't, it didn't come across to me when I was listening to it as a concept record, the way you describe the themes and the idea of calling it Iris and what that implies and entails seems to carry with it the air that there is a concept going on here. There is a very solid theme that you really wanted to carry throughout the record. So, I was hoping maybe you could give us a bit more insight into into that theme and why Iris as an idea and as a, you know, concept stood out to you maybe more than whatever else you were thinking of of making the album about. If if anything else well, did cross your mind. Yeah, I mean, I like I said I was writing Iris last year and I did it really just you know for the mental health and practice mm. of writing a song a song a day so I, I was like you've got to write at least a song a day and some days I'd write you know several songs and other days it would be just an absolute strain to find anything yeah. <laughs> to get inspired about and I didn't have an intention to write a record I was just like if I come out with one good song mm. that'll be a, a good practice so and it then sounds as like it's a out- happy accident then that you've come so soon off the f- well, relatively speaking, but especially in a in a pandemic, to come straight off album number one into album number two, just you know, a year later. Yeah, well, I guess it was part and parcel of that because so many things were happening at the same time as I was writing. Oh, I was writing every day. There was this. We kind of spurred on this save our venues push because there was all these venues who were going under, and mm. we wanted to do something in order to try and save them. So got involved in, in that campaign quite heavily, and I was thinking about you know, the responsibility that I have as an artist to care for my band, my team and the community. Like if I if I did something like make a record, that small seed would then mean that a year later I'm helping support venues and crew yeah. and audiences to be entertained, yeah, and us to have a job. So really out of kind of just doing it for my own sake, I decided that it would be a great thing to make the record because it would mean we'd have something – all have something to do and, and experience in a year's time. So there was this, it was very compressed and I've never written like that before. Um, after we were able to see other people, Dave Khan and I did a lot of pre-production work together and, and, you know, narrowed the songs down yeah. and I would rewrite parts and wrote some new ones. 
And um, and then we went into the studio and there was a couple that didn't make it onto the record because we ran out of time as per usual, you know. Um, so all the songs are individual and different, you know. There's not like yeah. not uh, this is not a not a concept album, but certainly because they were born of this very compressed time and this mm. kind of unusual space, I think that it is thematic in that way that there's there's um some a thread through the songs um. And each one is slightly different, but overall, uh, I guess when I was talking about the, the hero's journey, you know, the story of Iris is sort of not, not a very well known mythology. She's mm. this, um, messenger to the gods. She takes messages from the gods to humanity and, and back and she kind of crosses this rainbow bridge. And I, I was slightly getting lost in, in mm. mythology and, and, and old stories stories many stories like you'll find like biblical references on the record or Mm. mythology different kinds of narratives and also um many that are from our current day because i like that idea that we're just this tiny blip (laughs) you know (laughs) uh, in in civilization and at some point um the stories that we hold to be true today will become um, myths in themselves, you know, and that we could, we create these huge constructs to kind of make sense of the world. And so I like that. I like playing with that. You know, the opening track, Psyche is, um, was, was based around this idea of what if I kind of mapped Psyche's journey onto our journey? She's, she goes deep into the underworld and, and what if, what if that was us? What if this journey that we're all collectively on is, is just a story? And what would that mm. look like and, and feel like musically? I was going to say, uh, we're venturing very close again into reference, nihilistic reference number two. Watch out, mm. Reb. After five, five, you pay for five, you pay for five nihilistic references, <laughs> you get the fifth one free. Um, oh, thanks. Thanks so much. You get for a free, bonus. free cool. Nietzsche quote generator. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's a it's a cool cool idea. And what I was thinking was, you know, is it is it possible that your you yourself, you know, are attracted to this idea of this sort of myth, almost mytho, well, not almost this literally mytholo- myth. I can't say the word mythologized. I think I pronounced. Yes, it you correctly. did it. Thank Good. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> mythologized. Um, Messenger, do you feel that there is that personal connection that as a musician you're you're telling these stories that may not you know be centered around yourself or can be it can be you know I'm trying to think of the right word not taken ownership of for want of a better term when you know your audience really attaches themselves to certain songs they go this this I can feel this do you feel like you're acting as a bit of that as Iris yourself as the messenger I I don't, I hope that I'm not that self-absorbed that I would think that. I guess I just want to be it open. Balances out the to- it balances out the niche, K. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like I want to be o- open to whatever comes. And I yeah. feel like with music or with art, when you are open to yourself and exploring mm. yourself, then then you can um, create and, and evolve in a way that might be, meaningful or instructional or resonate with other people because the only way that I'm going to create something that that connects with you is is if I'm in a space where I've connected with myself first Mm. you know unless I'm making 
algorithmic pop music, which which I'm really interested in too. But like, how do you find ways into people's psyches? How do you connect with them? How do, and you can do that in multiple ways. Lyrically, though, I um I like the idea of the sort of universal story. I grew up with folk music. I grew up going to church, and I was, you know, Mary in the Christmas pageant, and um, mm. so you know. Those those doctrines that are really hard to shake, yeah. <laughs> um, you know they they do mean something to me, or they I, I understand them, and I think it's easier to tell things about yourself in story form than sometimes is to tell straight up. You know, like I I Iris for me was this opportunity to to speak my unspoken to share my story in a way that I hadn't before, but I'm not going to necessarily just tell you what it's like. I'm going to share it with you in a, in a a musical way because I don't want to, I don't want the message to be so strong that you can't find yourself in there. Mm. You know, we have to find it all of us in there. It's keeping that universality. Yeah. I have to say, on the topic of of the meaning, that I have to admit, good job. I don't know how intentionally you you were or conscious you were with the um album album art choices, but I don't. I, know, I may be over interpreting it here, but um, I'm going to try my best. The light, which looks like the iris of the eye looking back at you, almost sounds like you know, like the iris is watching down on you. And I don't or like whether it might be representing. I don't know your audience. Or whether you're trying to you're you're visually showing off the song that the iris is, I guess, presenting. I, I can't really describe it. It's a bit it, it conceptually it kind of works in the head, but I don't know. Is that is that kind of what you were going for the album art to have this light that looks like the iris shining down at you? I, I really like that. That's what you took from it, and in and in many ways, yes, you know. Um, for me, live performance is like the nexus of all the work that I do because it, you really have to take all of those tools, the things that you practice every day, the work that you're, the art that you're creating. Um, it's, for me, it was always, I'm always so nervous when I go on stage. So I, you know, from when I was young, I'd have to work so hard to be able to stand in front of people, but it's also the, my favorite thing to do. So really to, be in that space. It's like everything collides and that's why it's fucking magical. Um, so those images that were taken by my friend Steve Whedon when we were playing live at the Mercury Theatre and it was the um, Red Fountain album release tour that they were taken mm. from mm. and they were just these moments that felt like um, connected to the album artwork from the first recorded Reb Fountain, um, but also showed off all those things that you were saying that just, um, the, um, the gaze, the gaze of the audience mm. or uh, me out into the world and that reflection and light and yeah, all of that stuff. So I, yeah, I really like that that made an imprint on you. Yeah. No, I saw it. I thought, wait a second. <laughs> There's something going on here. <laughs> no, that's, it's cool. It's cool though. Yeah. And it's good to see the concepts visually pairing the music as well. Speaking of visual concepts, um, the Iris, nice. the previous song we played, you had a video come about it, come come out recently for it, which our dear station manager was hooked on instantly and shared it on the page. But um, you said awesome. you were telling me before the um, before we recorded that you had a lot of fun shooting it. So I was hoping maybe you could tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, Lola 
Fountain Best, who's actually my daughter, um, she made all the r- music videos for this album and, and for the last one as well. And, and, you know, we're like lo-fi, um, mm. doing these on the fly often. Um, and this one we, you know, had to do during lockdown. Um, we were very fortunate to have a Super 8 camera and some Super mm. 8 film. And we had these ideas and we went down and spent a couple of days at the beach, um, down the road and, it was it was great. The thing about Super 8 film is, or any film, is that you never know what you're going to get till it gets developed. Mm. And so, and like there's flares on the film, there's bits that were cut out that you thought that were really good. Yeah. Um, the lighting is always a little bit dodgy. She did such a great job. And so we we kind of, um, we had some different stories that we wanted to tell, the mm. many faces of a virus and, um, and then piece them all together. And yeah, we made, I think it was... Three three rolls of three minute film made the video that's six minutes long. So so it was um it was heaps of fun. We had a great time. I, was I got to say, dress up. Yeah, a lot. it's it's a bit of <laughs> bit of lucky dip with those old film with those old film cameras because you never know what <laughs> you're right. You never know what's going to come out good or not. So it's such a great medium, and then we use it all the time. But it's not always um, mm. an option. Um, but we've done an, another one on Super 8 and, and I really love film. Like the images on the cover of the album are film 35 mil as well. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing and uh, I'm really proud of the video. It looks cool. So did you say that the, um, the album photo was a, was a 35 mil photo? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's why it's so. That's why it's so grainy. It's mm. like that's real effect. It's mm. not something that we've placed okay. on there. So, is is there something apart from you know what you were just saying there about it? Uh, is is there some what what is it that is really what draws you towards still going for that analog style? Because it you could you could cop out and just I'll we'll add it in post. You know, let's do it digitally. What's the What's the advantage that you think digital? Well, so what's the advantage that um, analog film and analog cameras have that digital hasn't yet quite been able to capture? Well, when you do things, let's say on the cheap, mm. you know, it forces you to be creative, right? Because you don't have a hundred thousand dollar budget or a ten thousand dollar budget mm. to do to create a music video or something like that. So you have to think of other ways. You know, sometimes be okay with imperfections. And I, I love that about film that although a film can be quite expensive, um, it's, it's this great limitation, mm-hmm. creates boundaries for you and unknowns and uncertainties. Um, and there's, there's an unsteadiness in it that's kind of exciting. And it is like yeah. live performance. You know, it's not going to be, well, I don't want it to be perfect. I want it to be engaging and interesting and vibrant and alive you know and for me film has that same quality let's talk a bit about um the actual recording process because you were telling me before were you telling us before that you went pretty much you know you went pretty remote you said for the the recording um and i see you recorded at sublime studios with dave can and simon gooding what was the um what was the conscious decision making process behind choosing that location and those producers specifically? Well, both Dave and Simon um produ- co-produced the Reb Fountain record. Dave I'd worked with um 
on and off for years just musically and Simon um he had worked on all my other music he years before that had been in my band and then he as he became an engineer he'd yeah. worked on stuff he'd mastered works and so we had these kind of long-standing relationships but this was a very new sort of project and I knew with this one that I wanted to do the same thing like that we would bang out Iris quickly that I, it felt really important to not just record it mm. soon but release it in this time in this current climate and I wanted us to grow from what we'd done previously um, so as soon as we could we went down to Sublime and Dave's cousin runs the studio it's a mm. winery as well if you get a chance to go I'd highly recommend it so Sublime. that's, that's Wines important must- you want a nice. You Most want a nice, of them go to. What What's better than getting behind the behind the? I don't know. What What guitar do you play? Wait, do you play? I sorry, I probably should. I, I, no, no, no. It's fine. I did. I did play, but just acoustic on this record. Okay. So, what What acoustic do you were you playing when you were recording? Uh, a Yamaha FG. See, I people think Yamaha. People don't think Yamaha acoustics, but honestly, they do do a wonderful job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They have a lot of um, – Sublime is um, run by Dave's cousin and his um, wife, and it's a beautiful winery. There's chooks and sheep, and they make lovely food, and you can go for walks with the doggies in the morning and then just go into the studio, and it's really bespoke and amazing equipment, a lot of analog equipment there as well. Yeah. Um, and just has this great vibe where, you know, you pop your slippers on and you're mm. at home and you're doing your work and it felt like we could work till whatever time we wanted to and there was just this freedom and we were all together in this space after being separate for such a long time that that had it just it felt quite magical and then yeah. you know we could go out for our walks in the middle and have this space you know no one was called off to do a job or had to go home to feed the cat or whatever none of that stuff we were just there and present so um it had a huge impact on the sound of the record i think i was, I was gonna say well actually before i do i was gonna make a joke before about like oh yes wineries that was definitely the 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 maker of the that was definitely the deal deal size like right get in there go on your Yamaha have a glass of Sav Blanc next to you or whatever they whatever they they usually I don't know what actually the- I have to say I'm usually a single malt person so I I was generally single malt and then a wine later okay I, I like your style Reb but yes single actually yes I the album is definitely a definitely a scotch drinking kind of record i can i can definitely see that when when you're out yeah. there when you're going for a good choice of single malt is it something local do you usually go for like a, a scotch what's what's the what's the preference there um i do like it like you know the sort of like lagavulin or um i like the pds like like lefroig as well mm-hmm. Um, but I am trying to like I, I do love the Thompsons New Zealand um, whiskey, and I'm definitely trying to open up and be more adventurous. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not an expert, but I will happily sip and and revel and and enjoy. <laughs> That's it. If you're not enjoying it, what's the point? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, you mentioned about the analog equipment too. So was there? Did you end up recording it on tape? No, we did not record on tape, um, but we did use some of the equipment and like the old, the old um, huge space echo, which was awesome, and bits that we could, we knew how to work. Oh, they had a reverb um, box. Well, not 
Yeah, like a space echo. Yeah, like the big original ones, right. which is really very cool. Um, that, that's that's the, a technique get, that like, you don't hear about too often. Yeah, anymore. you can get the pedals, obviously. Yeah. Um, but to, like there was kind of quite a mix of things because Dave had his Mellotron and mm. um, OB synth, and we had that sort of stuff. And then we were, you know, for some of the some of it, like swim to the star. We um, we were in there. Uh, Earl and I were in there just playing like cans and rustling and and using whatever materials we could find mm. to create sound and so there was you know there was all of that what was that um organy sound in lacuna by the way that was probably my most favorite sound uh, on- that's that'll be well that'll be a combo of the mellotron and the ob that sounded great i had to say that's like i was listening to that, that sounds cool I don't, I don't know what it is but it sounds cool um yeah dave's dave's very good at that he's been getting a lot better during lockdown playing with his his noises <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's you can't complain about that. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um actually this um when you speak about Swim to the Star, because that was the only cover on the record, uh, and then it was a it, it's a Peggy Seeger, I see, song. So was Peggy yeah. Seeger one of those artists that you grew up listening to, was it? That you always wanted to to emulate in some respect? Um like yeah, I mean I did grow up with folk and country music and uh, certainly probably more, um, uh, or, or I guess I just read her biography, her autobiography. Yeah. And, um, and I was, and de- I mean, I've definitely been inspired by her, but I hadn't, <laughs> I had, I didn't know this song. Mm. Um, Dave, Dave had brought it to me and we'd sort of talked about it and thought about it and, um, and then we just ended up performing it when we were doing the Reb Fountain stuff. And mm. we ended up performing it on RNZ, our national radio program. And, uh, Peggy's partner actually heard it on the radio because she lives in New Zealand and she got in touch with Peggy and said, Hey, yeah. there's someone did your song. It sounds amazing. And, um, she wrote me out of the blue and, and said, I heard that you did this song. I'd love to hear it. Mm. And so I ended up sending her the album version and the song that we recorded on the radio. And, um, like I have to say, it was just mind blowing and having her, um, having her write me several times, you know, I was completely mm. starstruck. Just, I think I was more like Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, you know, mm. that's the kind of music that I'd grown up with. But Piggy was very much in that same, um, vernacular. And I, um, yeah, I was very honoured not only that she contacted me, but that she gave her full blessing for us t- to do this song on the record. Must- I just would love to see you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that there must be there's something satisfying about that when you very interpreted uh, another song by a very very accomplished singer songwriter, and they appreciate well they're they're uh-uh. you know they're good enough and you know generous enough to publicly appreciate what you've done. Well, the, the song is so pertinent to our times, you know. Mm. It's written about the Titanic, but it's just this, um, the, the swim to the star just, yeah, resonated with me so much and with what we were going on, what's going on with us at the moment and how we think about one another and ourselves. And, um, you know, that the, the ship is sinking. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> um, it's so beautiful and, and poetic and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a great honour to sing it. Actually, all right, okay. Sort of silly, silly, fun question that doesn't sound silly. Um, sounds kind of more serious than it probably should be. 
uh, apocalypse is happening. World's going to end in 24 hours. What do you do? The ship, the ship's sinking very, very quickly. Do you know? I probably stay at home. I've got my dog here. I've got my kids here, and and um, just huddle around. Maybe play some cards. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to play some cards. I'm always calling okay. for cards and board games, and I can get no one to do it with me. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe some canasta, kaboo, um, some five hundred. Wow, some you, poker. You, you're really going to pull that Have card of them. I've told you. I've told you. You never play cards with the me. World- you're never going to get to play them again. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And maybe some sing-alongs. Yeah, okay. that would be nice. Interesting. That's very, very stoic, Reb. I'm. I don't, it's, it's- <laughs> what the fuck else am I going to do? There's a tidal wave coming. There's a hurricane. It's you know, like I don't know. God is coming down. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. It doesn't depend. It doesn't. The answer doesn't change depending on the on said said disaster. Does it? Said disaster. Yeah. Oh, look, it could. We might have less if there's a tsunami near my house. Um, yeah, it just might be like a whole lot of just take a breath and deep dive. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, learn how to. It reminds me of that old coming. joke about the end of the world. And then, and you know, the one I'm talking about, like the Catholics like go and then they say, oh, we've got to repent to God. And the, then the head imam in, in Mecca is like, oh, you know, um, you got to. Forgive yourself or whatever, and then the the head the head rabbi he goes, oh, you know, big floods coming in thirty days gives you thirty days to learn to how to swim underwater, and that's the you know that joke, yeah. Uh, it sounds it sounds like something that I've heard before in yeah. the in the late eighties. <laughs> it's probably from then, yeah. And I'm I'm skipping over it, so this is you know, going to be like that Seinfeld episode um, where you know yada yada yada. Yeah, that's yeah, not a, yes. that's not a buoy. Um, but I feel like I just saw that recently. Yeah. Um, but the, the weird thing is, is that like, I feel like we are, that is happening right now with climate change. And, and if anything, we've just got to fucking give a shit, you know, we just have to give a shit because mm. it's when we don't, when we're apathetic, when we think that money or power or, you know, ownership is more important than connection and caring in the earth, that mm. that's why we're going to sink and go under. That's our giant iceberg right there. Third, 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 uh, third nihilistic reference. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get my bonus point, okay? <laughs> There's got to be, I'm sure someone's created a, like a bot Nietzsche gen- quote generator. They've done one for, they've done one for the Kanye West or whatever, like random Kanye quote generator. Surely oh, cool. there's got to be like a bot one where it's like oh, a- AI to, written. To- you know, they just fed it every every Nietzsche K book or whatever essay you wrote, and then you just you press generate, and it comes out with an AI generated quote. Surely that's been done. Uh, I'm going to definitely s- <laughs> um, swat on my Kanye um, quotes for next time. Oh, <laughs> just have have placards going on and like oh. For sure. Yeah, aim to have aim to have at least three said per interview. I like it. Um, all right. So hopefully, I think. So when I don't know how long you guys have got in lockdown at the moment. Whether they've got whether old old Jacinta's got uh, many many plans for you to to finally come out soon. But once you guys do, um, what's on the cards for the band? Is there going to be some shows to celebrate the launch um, belatedly, or have we got something else planned in the works? Oh, look, I want to get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as we can. Um, I think um, we've got a tour planned, mm. um, but at this stage, you know, it's looking like we'll be postponing that 
um, till next year. And that's okay because we'll just add more shows. And uh, oh, I've got great plans to come to Australia many times next year. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be gracing your beautiful shores uh, as soon as we can. You know, I'm double vaxxed and yeah. ready to go. That's good. Get vaxxed, guys, if you haven't already. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really, fa- really, really fascinating here. I know there's people that are scared and unsure about it, but if you are a little bit nervous or hesitant, just book an appointment with your GP and go and talk to a professional. Don't go on Facebook. <laughs> Very wise words. <laughs> um, that but- was my Jacinda Ardern. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was lifted verbatim from her speech the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's that's 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 good, and I'm very much looking forward to hopefully seeing some of these songs live in person and and playing the part of said Iris. Uh, being- oh, it'd be my great honour to come and play them for you, and yes, definitely. And um, as soon as we get over to Melbourne, we will. I will be in touch. We- oh, actually, anywhere. I will dress up as a spotlight just to to mess with you. And we can we can oh. we can cos we can cosplay and play dress ups of your album cover. <laughs> yes, it will be like the song Fox Sprite on the album, which has this sort of idea of, you know, being a rabbit in the headlights. Um and you can be that headlight. There you go. Yeah, you can get the bunny ears going, you know? Classic. <laughs> Just whip open your it's like, oh I've got my I've got my Playboy memorabilia right here in the in in this drawer. I'll get out the bunny ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't have any of that. Um, but I do love the burrow. Yes, yes. Ah, nice. Um, so we are going to actually play one of the tracks off the record, which we haven't really talked about yet. Which is which is okay, okay. because we're going to get you to talk about it right now. Uh, it has sure. it wasn't one of the singles. It's called Invisible Man, and you said you that there was um you quite you had a bit to say about this one, so. Yeah, I was going to say maybe give us a bit of bit of a, a chit chat about this. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I wrote Invisible Man last year during lockdown, mm. and I don't know about you guys, but I I really enjoyed walking the quiet streets, especially at dusk. You know, mm. there was no cars on the road, and you'd wander around, and I had this this idea that I would. I was a car and I could go in the middle of the street and go round and round the roundabout with my arm out like I was signaling and and it was on one of these nights after I'd been listening to Bob Dylan's Murder Most Foul um, had just come out and um, was quite obsessed with that song and with that record. Um, and my friend David said, oh, why don't you write a song called The Invisible Man? And as I was careening around the roundabout pretending I was a car, this song came to me and it was, I guess, in that moment where I, you know, everything made sense the sort of the ghosts that were haunting me, the the things that I was yearning for and longing for that weren't there, and yeah. and then took shape in the invisible and in the invisible man in my rearview mirror. Right. It's it's interesting because I know there's this um not neurological condition, but this yeah psychological condition that happens where people that are either alone in unknown spaces or, and I know mountaineers have this. I think it's called third man syndrome. Where there pe- people that are usually climb up the mountains in pairs, they'll there'll be this presence nearby of this third mm. man, this in, this invisible man. So I don't know, maybe whether you were having your own little third man syndrome moment, playing cars around the roundabouts of <laughs> of your neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, you know, 
will I disappear when you're not around is one of the lines mm. in the song and that sort of sense of, um, you know, missing something that maybe wasn't there in the first place, you know, yeah. um, and um, on a like a personal and a macro level, I suppose, you know, longing for the way things mm. used to be. Um, but maybe they were a bit of a mirage. Maybe they were just an illusion anyway. Oh, the old rose-tinted glasses rep. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm very perky. <laughs> Always positive. That's me. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Reb. Um, it is a great record, again, and honestly, congratulations with everything that's happened so far. And all the best. Hopefully, you know, Doja Cat or whatever her name is uh, can be <laughs> sedated and the catnip that oh, is look- Reb Fountain's Iris can scoot I'm not up. even on TikTok, so there's no way that I can compete with Doja Cat, but um, I don't need to. That's the great thing. I don't need to. <laughs> oh, you've brought this around full circle. It's not a competition. I, I love it. I love it. And then that That's circular right. note. <laughs> Bookend. There we go. Reb Fountain, forever and ever, amen. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise, praise, praise cheers, the Lord. Cheers, big ears. Cheers. <laughs> oh, Rev, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure going into depth with you about the record. And, um, yeah, again, hopefully we can see you down here in old Melbourne town uh, sooner oh, rather than God. later. Oh, my God. So, like, yeah, as soon as we can come. Well, we, were, we were hoping to come, like, yeah, a little some time ago. So, <laughs> when we can, we will, and I'll let you know for sure. Yes. Um, Reb, we're going to play the song now, so why don't you do us the honours and tell us the name of the song and who you are. Kia ora, Reb Fountainaho. This song is called Invisible Man. Trying to shoot the invisible man Lines are down, hearts are lost, you don't need me was always the plan Searching for remains of the day In the moving pictures we make no sound Will it disappear when you're not around Neither's been since 
Hi guys, this is Vass, and you're listening to Bar Talk here on Australian Musicians Radio. She likes cigarettes in the morning. She likes to stay out after dark. Stumbling down into Newtown. Drinking cheap wine in the park Making my way through the flowers Sneaking her into my room No one will be back for hours There's only one thing left to do Counting stars Chasing cars Painted scars left on your hide Fashion lights, crystallized If you like, baby, I'll stay with you tonight I'll stay with you tonight She listens to Prince and Nirvana she could go back in time The way that she moves like Madonna Got me wrapped up in her eyes Sending my heart in a panic I'm thinking she might feel the same She's wearing my corduroy jacket It looks better on her Chasing cars, faded scars left on your heart. Flashing lights, crystallized. If you like, baby, I'll stay with you tonight. I'll stay with you tonight. I'll stay with you tonight. I'll stay with. Tonight Sky's falling down in her hometown She tries to hold on to daylight We're going too fast just to slow down She starts to fade into the night She says all the boys try to love her some you and some you don't I'll tell you I'm not like the others You tell me you already know Hey, say Counting stars Chasing cars Faded scars left On your hide Flashing lights Crystallize If you like, baby I'll stay with you Counting stars Chasing cars Faded scars left On your heart Flashing lights Crystallize If you like, baby I'll stay with you tonight I'll stay with you tonight 
<laughs> Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm utterly speechless. And it's not just because I don't have much to say. I, I do have a bit to say, hence why I'm a host of a podcast that talks about music, you know, because if I didn't have anything to say, it'd be a bit funny having um, just you know, 15 minutes of silence between each song. How, how, how fucking whack would that be, guys? <laughs> I'd probably get stu- I'd probably get sued by John Cage's estate for uh, <laughs> for breaching copyright of that song where it's just the three and a half minutes of silence. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about, right? <laughs> anyway, um, but what song was that? That was well. What did you come off of? That wasn't three and a half minutes of silence. That was I think like three and a half, four minutes of. That was four minutes sixteen of, of pure goodness. <laughs> Says he looks as the looks at the uh, specific episode playlist. No, that was Brandon Duff with Crystal Eyes, and before that, off her phenomenal sophomore album Iris, it's Invisible Man by Reb Fountain. Reb, your champ. Thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I'm so keen to have the episode, have the interview out now. Uh, thank you as well to Chris and the team from PR Files uh, for helping us put that one together. Those guys are absolutely awesome. They do a great job as well. Um, now, Iris, make sure you give it a play. Make sure you go and check it out. Um, it is out now via, via Flying Nun Records, which <laughs> which is a great name for a record. I love it, Flying Nun. Um, now it makes me think. It, now all I can think of is is watching like some some lady in in a in a in a habit flying on a broomstick. I love it. Witch like a a a, a witch nun. Wow, that would be a great a great combination, wouldn't it? Bit of an oxymoron, you know, because <laughs> witchcraft is a sin or whatever. But ah, I uh, who cares? Who cares in this modern age? We can we can do what we want. Um. Anyway, uh, let's let's not talk about flying nuns. Let's let's. <laughs> Let's talk about the song you just heard, uh, Brandon Duff with Crystal Eyes. Um, that one came through courtesy of Wild Heart Publicity. Brandon Duff, uh, you may have heard his name before. We haven't played him on the show, but uh, apparently he's been on a few a few uh, talent shows. I'm trying to see which ones. Apparently he's been on um, both The X Factor and The Voice. So, you know, double shot off. <laughs> Double shot of the old, old double shot of the old, uh, old judgmentals, if you know what I mean, because those, those shows can be very judgy. But uh, I won't say any more. But I mean, look, power, power to you if you're into that. But um, yeah, Brandon Duff is a central New South Wales Central Coast based artist, and he's come out with this new song called Crystal Eyes. Apparently, it's um, been circulating a bit because it was a finalist in the uh, APRA Songwriters at the Rocks competition for this year. And I'm not surprised. It's such a great sort of storytelling song, very strong lyrics. Um, in fact, so musically, though, I thought it was very, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, courtesy of that things such as the piano riff, then you've got those string arrangements, and then there's that sustained electric guitar that comes in halfway through. Actually, it sort of reminds me a little bit of mid to late period Whitlam's, which I don't hear much of, actually, uh, So, which is good to, as in like songs that are influenced by that. So, I'm, it's kind of cool to hear that be, that sound being drawn into for this song. Um, 
overall, it is just a really good, really great love song. Um, and I like how it sort of revels lyrically in the the small, simple things, which sort of adds an adorableness, which I like. You know, it's a sort of the love is love is about the little things kind of song, which you hear about every now and again, and it's it's very much a sappy, you know, it's a trope of the sappy singer songwriter. But this song doesn't convey that cliche, um, even though it's got some tried and true tried and true you know elements that are not not overly unique it's still uh just works and and it's good to, it's nice and refreshing to hear a song like this after after all this dreary fucking <laughs> over electronicized indie saturated indie pop but no I, I mean i love i love that as well but it's it's good to have a nice change up after quite a bit of that so great stuff brandon uh, really cool really cool song now uh, i want to chat a bit about uh, AMR Heavy Reborn. Now, for those of you that listen every week, you know this is a, this is a spiel that I I say every week, but I I can't I can't spruik these guys enough. Uh, Heavy Reborn is really probably one of AMR's flagship flagship shows. It's been going on for for you know God knows how long now. I, I can't even tell you. They don't number their episodes, guys. They just date their episodes. So I actually have no idea how many episodes they've put out. Um, but the latest episode, which came out recently featured the Dark Horde, and uh, they put out a new release called The Calling, um, apparently. So, go and listen to that. They had an interview with them, and I'm sure it went down swimmingly. I see that they played- We got onto the song first. I love this. I love this a lot. We played- You remember we played um, Dead Show's new song, Baltimore, last week? Uh, Heavy Reborn also featured that, so it got the double. It got the double, double love, so to speak, the double shot. Uh, but they play really some of the best heavy and metal music coming out in the country today, and I know they've got a great community behind them. And if you already aren't involved, uh, like them on their their actual Facebook page, AMR Heavy Reborn. They've got their own uh, to keep an eye out and and keep updated with all the news that's coming through there, because they really do. The guys, um, Jay, Carly. Uh, GM and of course Mick are a very very committed team, and it's great to see them just pumping out episodes each week. Now we haven't got any overly heavy songs this week, but we do have some great rock tracks coming up, which I really love. Uh, two upcoming tracks, courtesy of Beehive, awesome PR. First up is a song called "Stop Sign" by Dice. Now these are this is a band that we haven't played before. Um, they're relatively new. They're another another WA WA artist. Um, WA band, should I say, that is just, and I quote, described as the first day of summer. I 100% agree. These guys are just, they just sound like a lot of fun to be around. And I certainly picked that up, you know, as soon as I heard that vocal pairing with sort of the vocal paired with that opening guitar riff, I was just hooked and I knew I was in for a good time. I was bopping my head to this one all the way through. Look, I'd be lying again if the, if the musical elements in this one were were complex, but I really don't care with this one. It's just so much fun. And then you'll hear it after each chorus. They got like this breakdown you know, solo thing with the guitar. It's like this sort of surf rock slash the Strokes esque guitar solo lick breakdown thing. It's not really either. It's just a it's a bit of like noodling on guitar, but it's it's fucking great. I loved it. It just works nicely and just adds a cool. Another again, another song with bounce. It adds a great little bounce to the track, and it is certainly a song that would suit well on your summer playlists. Sunday afternoons with the beers, one hundred ten percent backyard backyard parties, which I hope there'll be a plenty of this summer. 
coming out of things now that we can start to have more people around in, in your own houses. Um, I'm very keen to have a few backyard parties this summer and I hope I hope we get to hear a bit of dice being played over the speakers. Now, um, apparently this song was recorded uh, by Sam Ford at Tone City Recording Studio, who also recorded a little bit of psychedelic porn crumpets. So, they're in a good company there, former interviewees of Bar Talk. I always like to like to spruik whenever artists have worked with, uh, have connections with other bands that we've played. I love that. But I am sure these guys actually apparently went within a year to selling out a headline show for 450 tickets or for a 450-person venue, which I think is is actually pretty impressive for a band that's only a year old. Um, good stuff, guys. Congratulations. Um, hope I'm sure the upcoming years will treat you very well. All right. After that, though, a band that we have played before, Inclines. Yeah, a band that we've played before, Inclines. We played a previous single of theirs, Let You Down, last year on episode 21. Um, Inclines are from Sydney, and they've returned with uh, Real Life, which is the song we're going to play in a sec. And it's going to be off their upcoming third EP, which is going to be called Today. Um, I These guys, yeah, just have been around a bit longer for about four years now. Uh, so, a little bit more experience behind them, but you can kind of tell they're very comfortable in their skin and it's just the song is just effortless it's just an effortlessly great track i specifically love how the bass line is driving the instrumental sort of melody in the verse very prominent but i liked it great to hear that sometimes in, a, in an indie indie song and then and then then it goes into this chorus i mean that chorus riff that comes in is just anthemic and, and oh my god it's something special it's just it it's described as cathartic, and you know what? I didn't think of that word to start with, but I absolutely agree. That's probably the best way to describe it. I love it. It sort of brings chills when you just when you just know how to fucking make the hook stick. And then there's like a cheeky vocal harmony that comes in after as the chorus progresses, which I thought was very satisfying. So yeah, these guys know how to how to write. I say catchy, but also I very rarely use that word, but also um, just satisfying. They know how to write a satisfying chorus. Um, I'm very keen to get on to playing these songs. You know I am. I know you are keen to listen to them too. So let's do it. Let's play them. What are we playing, you ask? Dice by Stop Sign. And after that, Real Life by Inclines. Yes, no, this isn't a dream. This is a real life episode of Bar Talk. And we'll be back before you can say stop. Walk down to the corner store and I know I'm doing fine. See you standing by yourself someday. I'm going to change your mind. Would you ever come with me or leave at the store sign? Well, I don't Cause you know, I know, you know, I know we're gonna be alright So would you come with me past the seven Shackles from 
This is Suze and you're listening to Bar Talk.
Oh, yeah. And that was Inclines with Real Life. And before that, Stop Sign by Dice. Right here on Bar Talk, guys, on AMR or wherever you get your podcasts. It's me again, Big D, coming back at ya for one last hurrah around the bush before we sign off for this week. Um, it's good to get back to an eight-song, uh, eight-supporting artist episode this week. For those of you that have been listening, you know, the last few weeks we've done 12 uh, supporting artists. But this week, it's good to tighten things up with just um, going for three segments and eight eight other artists. So, uh, it's yeah, it's a, you've got to switch it up every now and again. But you know what? I'll be soon keen to get get back into doing uh, these 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 episodes in person with other people hopefully sooner rather than later now that lockdown's ending and you know once we can get out and see people so keep an eye out for that actually and um i'll mention it now actually before i uh, go on to what i was about to talk about um i'll mention our socials because it it's a good way to keep in touch with what's happening with us and AMR in general. Uh, of course, you've got the Facebook pages for us and AMR, but AMR's also, of course, got the Instagram and Twitter pages, so go and check them out. I'm always posting there. Uh, of course, you've got our YouTube channel where we post all the interviews, not these parts, but just the interviews only. And then, um, of course, you can find us and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. But, of course, make sure you go and, and check us out via our websites, australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk and shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk. Because you know what? They're a good place to start and find out where you like to listen to the best. Now, 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 I want to quickly mention, as I usually do every week, Afar Q Radio, the other main AMR podcast that's happening right now, courtesy of Grumpy and Skeet, way up in Cairns. Now, unfortunately, we didn't play any Queensland artists this week, but I tell you what, that doesn't even matter uh, because Grumpy and Skeet are there to cover your base with the uh, beautiful artists that are up in that part of the world. Now, this week, they had a chat to Katie Richards, their feature artist for this week, and uh, played a few of her songs. And those guys are a real pleasure to listen to. They're such they're such fun guys. They know how to have a good time. And I know you guys will too if you listen to them, which you can find on our website. Again, australianmusiciansradio.com. Now, if you're an artist, as I said before, and you want to be played on the show, well, there's one thing you can do. As I said before, email us, amrairplayatmail.com. With your music, of course, and your press releases and your pictures and your- Very important. Send the downloads. I don't want to have to- <laughs> Tell us where you're from. Very important. But yes, uh, thank you guys for listening uh, it's been a pleasure this week coming back to you, and hopefully we'll be we should, well, we should be back next week, and with some more more goody goodness. We are going to go out though on two phenomenal tracks. South Summit is first with their song River Days, another track, another artist, sorry that we haven't played before, and I don't care. And another artist that we've got her playing from WA, a lot of Western Australian acts this week. It's a bit 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 suspicious, nonetheless. Um, so this song, uh, River Days, uh, it's quite a serious theme about it. It's apparently it's about getting about uh, alcoholism and how it can cause some really bad stuff. So pretty serious, but nonetheless, it is a very, very great song. Um, and what I particularly liked about it was, um, I liked how it came out, but apparently, <laughs> apparently it was supposed to sound completely different before they went into the studio. And uh, they weren't planning to record it as early as they did, so I, they just ended up taking, as they as they say, a leap of faith. And I'm pretty happy with the results. 
Um, in particular, again, this is another song that relies on the bass to drive the melody in the verse, well, and even in the chorus to an extent, and really phenomenal bass work too. I, really, I was really loving the lines that were going on there. Um, apart from that, though, I have to say probably the, the melody in this one was probably my favourite of this week in the chorus, in the chorus specifically. Great vocal melody. Apart from that, though, I like the I like the drumming, particularly the great drumming in this one. Um, especially towards the end, it was pretty prominent too. Actually, there hasn't I haven't really commented much on the drumming this week, but this song in particular I really liked, and it was also this sort of subtle changes up to the guitar lines that were being played between the verses. Subtle, but they did add a nice little touch. Overall, a very, very well-constructed song and well-crafted. So, you know what? Sometimes it's important to take that take that leap of faith, as they say, because you never know what you come out with, and, you know, as the, as the band experienced. Um, after that, after that, after that, we have uh, Macedon by Tom Mack. Um, now, it is actually inspired by the location because apparently it's a story about uh, – about meeting online and, and then meeting up in real life in uh, the place that was apparently halfway between Tom and said date at, at Mount Macedon, which is a beautiful area not far outside of Melbourne, for those of you who aren't familiar with Victoria. But uh, obviously, of, because of the locations described, Tom Mack himself is from Victoria, um, full name Thomas McLean Carty, which I'm, yeah, I, I'm not surprised he decided to shorten it. He's apparently been um, quiet for a few years, you know, has, has taken some time away from releasing new material, and apparently he's feeling reinvigorated and ready to bump, pump out the creativity. And I tell you what, that's awesome to hear, Tom. It's great to see you back into the, back into the game. Um, he just- Now, this song, whew, you're going to hear it, but the Celtic elements in this song- so fucking good. He's really going for the the Ed Sheeran thing here that he did on on his most recent album. Um, <laughs> I, hate, I know I hate comparing people to Ed Sheeran, but but fuck it, just it, like I'm not trying to say he's better than Ed Sheeran. It, this what he's doing here works because it just it's just fun. Like it's just sort of grabs your attention. This like sort of the via the fiddle um, fiddle riff at the start and throughout the song. But talking about choruses, I know I've mentioned choruses a few times this week. Tom, in particular, seems to want to absolutely belt the shit out of out of the chorus vocals, and I mean, it's a, t- a total full effort right there. It certainly works. Um, speci- specifically, the final chorus is just 100% anthemic. I do actually reckon this song would slap playing live, especially with some some fiddle and and actually a full band arrangement, especially with a fiddle. That would have to be a fiddle player. Otherwise, I'm not not seeing it. I don't care. <laughs> If there's some strings, though, oh, you know I'm in it. Um, apart from that, though, I actually kind of appreciated how there's like a lot of talk about traveling, obviously being like about a long distance relationship. And I thought the rolling percussion that you hear suits the fact that there's a there is a lot of distance involved. So like it, it pr- gives you the impression that you're moving and you're, you're traveling. So I, I really like really like it. There's a lot of great lyrics in there. Again, another song, a bit like Brandon Duff, very storyboarded. You know, very clear about what the song's about, and you can you can appreciate that. Um, but yeah, great stuff, Tom. Hopefully, we'll be hearing more from you with your new creative impulse. Again, guys, I want to thank you for listening. I want to also thank AMR's business and community partners. I am, of course, talking about Drum Power Music Factory Direct, Suki Lounge in Belgrave, Stark Audio and Graphics by our good man Jay Stark, and of course, Batten Sacks Legal. 
Guys, we'll be back next week with some more more bar talk madness. But right now, guys, right now, let's take it out. Let's take it out with the brilliant songs South Summit with River Days and Macedon by Tom Mack.
Hello Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. This song is here to tell you all the things unsaid. I thought of all the words tonight just lying in my bed. See the best songs ever written. They take no time at all I just wish it was in time for me To break down all your walls Anyway, I bought you a GS Mini And engraved it in your name And the name of our favourite song To fit within the same frame Now I know I made mistakes I should have dived right But my past got in the way I just wanted you to feel again Could we just go back to that place Upon a mountainside We laid in the back of your car Driving back from Torquay The way you jumped across my seat And then you looked right up at me And you saddled up beside me We never felt so strong It was so obvious listening to our Xavier song Anyway, you were meant to get to Melbourne And none to Bendigo And instead you stayed the night And I just held you really close And you drove back Monday morning Cause it was more than worth the drive With no sleep to our names And yet we felt so alive Can we just go back to that place? Upon a mountainside We laid in the back of your car all at night Listening to Benny and the stars above Just promise me you'll meet me halfway And let's fall in love Fall in love Fall in love Fall in love 300 messages Or was it even more? Seen a script of love like this before You don't even realise it at all You were easily my biggest ever wake-up call But I didn't wake up in time So you left me behind Now I daydream, I'm up on a stage And I look into the crowd And I see you somewhere hiding And you look so fucking proud And that little smile I see as I try to focus through the haze And all I want to do is jump right down And kiss your face And take you back to that place Upon a mountainside We laid in the back of your car All at night Listening to Benny and the stars above Just promise me you'll meet me halfway Let's fall in love Upon a mountainside With a little ceremony In the place we'd sit and hide Listen to Ben and save you in the sunlight above And the knowing that I'll meet you at the end when we fall in Australian Musicians Radio dot com. <laughs> <laughs> 